0: Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. I'm a certified life and success coach, wellness junkie, career writer, keynote speaker, mentor, serial entrepreneur, and big time dreamer. My podcast is for the self-love junkie, the creative hustler type with the big heart, spiritually curious dreamers and believers out there who want to tap into their own magic. This podcast is for you if you want to tune out the noise and tune into your heart. Time to say no to what's not aligned and say yes to what your soul craves. Grab the microphone, Rockstar, because when you are your own muse, you are unstoppable. And welcome back to the Be Your Own podcast. I am your host Katie Skinner and I have our super special go- ghost. Oh my god. Me! Yes. I'm a ghost! <laughs> I feel like if that happened with anybody else I would have been like we would have just pretended it didn't happen. oh, no, with- let me be a ghost. <laughs> but with you okay great well if you have no idea. Don't edit Rachel-
1: that out please.
0: Absolutely never. Um, <laughs> if you have no idea who Rachel Quint is you'll get to know her a little bit more in a minute. <laughs> Um, and you'll realize, like, I just think that's so perfect and on, on brand. Um, special, special, God. special ghost, not a guest, just a ghost. Um, mm-hmm. and Rachel is a amazing, amazing personality and service provider. That's kind of the way that I see you. Um, you serve as the personality as well as you do things for people that actually help them. Oh, thanks. Um, she helps witchy girls, gays, and theys reclaim their inner crazy bitch in their content and enjoy working, which, whew, that's a big one. I mean, how many people have that job description? Um, or if they do have that job description, how many people can absolutely own it? Um, also yeah. self-proclaimed Gary V's worst nightmare, which I definitely want to ask you about. Or We'll definitely talk about that. <laughs> um, so, t- okay. So talk a little bit about, first of all, hello. Um, welcome. Hi. So, so glad to have you here. Um, Thank you for having me. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you and like, what, what is it that you do? And then I'll follow up with like, how, how do you do it? How is it different? You know what I mean? Like, what is your job? What is your job? And what, how do you make it different?
1: Honestly, at this point, I'm just like, my job is whatever I want. I do whatever Mm -hmm. I want. But um, no, I, I help people with like Instagram content. I'm a writer first and foremost before I even did the Instagram shit. Like I, I have always been writing and my career has always been writing since I was 15. So I'm integrating that and also integrating my theater degree because I'm, I'm I went to hippie school, um, integrating my creativity in with my marketing and my business. So I basically teach other people how to do that because I feel like business is more fun when you're writing cool shit and not just sticking to like, okay, here's the launch plan. Here's the DM scripts and blah, 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 blah. blah Cause I kind of stopped believing in that shit. So oh
0: my yeah. God, yeah. Um, so when you say you're a writer or what do you write or what have you been writing or what do you enjoy writing?
1: <laughs> um, well, I mostly, I mostly write like web content. I've been in like a variety of different publications right now. I write f- regularly for georgedakay.com. I took a break from them for like a year, but now I'm oh, back cool. with them. Yeah, so I'm I'm writing with them. I do like very like pop culture, trendy articles. That's just kind of like my, my regular job. But I also, I write articles about business and about um, mental illness and all sorts of stuff. I used to write a lot about like relationships and I've written for horror movie magazines. Like I've, I've, I've written for a lot of different things and I've been doing it for so long at this point. But right now I'm actually working on a collection of essays, like a little memoir type thing.
0: Yeah, so I was going to ask you, like, what, what, you kind of gave us a little teaser of, like, what, what is it that you write? It sounds like think pieces or articles that you do research for. Yeah. Um, inf- informative pieces, I guess. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. How so, did you get into that?
1: Um, I started writing when I was really young. Um, I was in my school newspaper, and then um, from there, I was, I, my first, like, quote-unquote professional publication was a roller derby magazine when i which i wrote like the cover story for when i was 15 um when i was doing roller derby because i knew i had an interest in writing and there was an opportunity for an article um they they didn't have any articles about junior roller derby so i pitched that to them and they were like yeah let's do it so from that point on i wrote for i wrote that for them and then i wrote a few for rumorg magazine which is the horror movie publication so like early on it was just kind of like I was doing it for fun. I didn't really expect to make money out of it, but, um, Mm -hmm. I had a few regular gigs. I interned at Funny or Die. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it, it was mostly, it was mostly straight white men in the office. I was one of three women who were writers. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I, I, you, you hear me yell about patriarchy enough, you know what I'm going to say about that. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's how I, that's how I started writing. And now I just kind of like, I, when I'm working on my essays, I don't really have an end goal for them. I just kind of start on a topic and then just see where it takes me. Um, but Mm -hmm. so far I've written a lot about like my, um, like my college experience and, uh, living in New York and doing, you know, my career in comedy that was short-lived because again, mostly straight white men. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, (laughs) Yeah, comedy was just, like, um, at least the way it was in New York, is you had to fit, like, a specific niche of comedy, and mm-hmm. nothing really felt aligned with what I wanted to make. Um, like, I took classes at UCB, I took sketch classes, and I would bring in these really weird sketches, and they would straight up be like, we don't know
0: what to do with these. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're you be? Like, so, so something that i love about your story so far like right off the bat however many minutes it's been um is like this consistent um like redirection to what you want to be doing instead of being like well guess this is my life now and i mean maybe maybe you had moments like that because you are a human or a ageless swamp witch or a ghost um maybe maybe when you're busy being a, a, a ghost or a witch or whatever um you are human <laughs> but i i love 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 that dedication to just like this didn't work out for me. So I'm going to keep going, which is now like what I like. You're now, well, you do many things, but now like you are what I like to call like a freelance cowboy of the internet. And you can definitely change the word cowboy to one that resonates with you. But I think <laughs> at one point I was thinking about it and I was like, I guess I'm just like a cowboy of the internet now. Like I just do whatever I want, go wherever I want. Um, but that sounds like, that sounds like very much like what you embody. And I love when you talk about writing and how you just like kind of open you, you just like you've, you've served a world that I never thought to partake in because um, as some of you listening may know I have created the course called writing revolution where the whole premise was like you can change your life by writing and getting paid to do it
1: mm-hmm. um
0: and a lot of people have a hard time and the in the students in the course so far have a hard time conceptualizing this idea that um that what they want to write about will pay them or, or they, they. I think another thing that it sounds like is, based off of your story, is like you didn't just straight fit yourself into this mold that was already marketable, because that's huge. And that was one of my biggest life lessons: was like, oh, I don't have to fit this mold that was marketable, because that was always my biggest thing. Like, I tried so many times to squash myself into this shape that I just wasn't. Um, so I love the perspective that you're adding onto writing because I, I've, I've made money writing for years, and I never thought mm-hmm. to like pitch to these cool places and I think that your perspective is just very refreshing and must be very refreshing to people who want to um who are in course currently or who want to make a living writing I think I think you just added a completely different perspective yeah I I think that's so refreshing
1: yeah for sure I mean I think that there's a market for everything anything you can think of that is your passion I believe that there's a way to make from it. I mean, it's total. when you start to monetize things that you love, there's kind of an element of like, oh, now it's work, and I don't enjoy it anymore. Mm. But if you want to monetize, you know, your interests, like, you can do it in any avenue. Like, you can make an Etsy, you can start a blog, and get, and, you know, do AdSense on that. Like, there's so many different ways to make money on the internet, um, aside from OnlyFans, you know, but no tea, <laughs> no shade to, to OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> some, some tea, some shade. On, some tea, some shade to OnlyFans. OnlyFans um but yeah there's there's lots of there's lots of ways to make money online when it comes to writing um one of the places I've been writing for a lot lately has been I like to dabble which is uh Daniela Flores's uh blog which is amazing um and she pays pretty well for that and everything so if you ever have any business ideas or whatever like she is always taking pitches and stuff and her blog is fabulous it's all about side hustles so like if you yeah. So if you have anything about like side hustles or about starting a business, like she is such an amazing blogger and she, she is open to like compensating people. She compensates, you know, the worth of everything. Cause a lot of places will expect you to work for very little or for free. I don't get that. Like mm-hmm. about like, like I, I don't get like people asking for free work in general. Um, Mm-hmm. but especially writing because it, it you know you put so much time into it and everything and you're kind of burying oh God, your soul yeah, and that.
0: not everybody can do it I mean that was a huge realization for me because I had spent a long time devaluing my work as a writer like whatever it's just writing like we do it all the time because it's not highly valued you know what I mean um right and, like, writing can seem like this dime a dozen service uh, and when I first started looking for writing gigs I was seeing all these low-paying Uh, low paying like content mills and stuff like that and it was really hard for me to conceptualize the idea that somebody might want to pay top or middle shelf for my writing Mm -hmm. so and then I realized and I think one of the things that helped me stick to my rates with writing was realizing that not everybody is good at it and that good writing takes time and like expertise And, like, you know when you're not worried about money, you just have this, like, emotional space that you can access where you can, like, become creative. <laughs> like, when you're yeah. not, like, worried about making ends meet. And, like, mm-hmm. being paid that rate just allowed my mind to unlock and think at a, a higher-up in Maslow's hierarchy of needs because I was not worried right. about rent anymore. Um, yeah,
1: right, right. Yeah, you get, um once, once you get the mindset around money kind of, in, in shape and everything, then it helps you kind of open up and feel more creative instead of feeling like, oh, I have to put a lot of pressure on myself because I need to make money. And once you kind of let go of that pressure, it uh it opens you up to a lot of creativity and stuff. But it's very natural, I think. Like I feel like with a lot of like money mindset folk and everything mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of There's a lot of stuff that's like, oh, okay, just don't think, don't, don't worry about money. And it's like, we're going to worry about money. Mm -hmm, Like, mm I, I am a manifestation person. I still Mm -hmm. fucking worry about money. Like we all do. But the moment we like actually learn to like let go and everything, then that's, that's, that's kind of a place where you want to be, but it's not just easily obtainable. Like it takes time and work to do that.
0: Yeah. Would you say that, what would you say that you specifically put your attention on as opposed to away from? like when you're worried about money or when when the scarcity starts to kick in or what have you?
1: Um, I don't really know. Like I typically just put my focus on like, my work and just be like, okay, if I keep making content, then the right person is going to naturally be attracted to it. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to worry about money because, you know, I'm going to attract the right people. Like I had someone just slide into my DMs like last month and they just signed with me, um, Mm -hmm. just from, just from my content alone. And I had like, I filled up my whole mastermind and stuff. And it was just the moment I started just writing, like, for myself, um, for myself, for people, um, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. moment I started doing that, that's when people really started to come in, I haven't had to pitch anybody in a long-ass time, um, Mm -hmm. so, and that was the moment I, like, let go of things, and a big, big inspiration for me has been Rachel K. Albers, RKA, and she, like, when I first, like, I, I didn't know that, um, you know, I thought that coaches had to be one way. I thought we had to do the scarcity and the DMs mm-hmm. and the FOMO. I, I thought that that was just part of it. But then when I mm-hmm. saw first stuff, I was like, oh, coaches can be whatever the fuck they want to be. So that's when I started implementing that stuff in it and just letting my content speak for me.
0: Yeah, no, that's, and that's incredibly brave because I know for me, um, I've shared it like a million times all over the place. But for me, the concept of like being your own muse has been my biggest life lesson because it was the thing that came the least natural to me. Um, I was definitely someone who was always looking to see what other people were doing. And I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. No shame if you have, because I know I have, have. but you're like looking to build something like making a Facebook group or um, a mastermind, a landing page, like whatever type of thing that you are like actually creating. And you're looking. You did, first of all, you do not strike me as the type of person who does this like at all. <laughs> but but just in case you ever have been there because I have, and you you don't know where to start, so you look at somebody else's and you just like paraphrase what they did and like basically copy paste. Um, because you're like not because you want to like rob them or anything like that, but because you just like don't know how to do it, and so you copy somebody else. And I was actually on um business business YouTube. I was like looking for business tips and I was like following some of my favorite business YouTubers and someone asked a question like I don't know where to start. How can you help? And she said something along the lines of like find someone who you resonate with and copy everything they do.
1: <laughs> which Oh my God. Which yeah, okay I mean, y-
0: yeah. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I oh sorry. I've 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 definitely been there. I've been in places where it's like okay like let me look at other people how they format things and how they and kind of follow their template, but put, but like, say what they're saying, but say it in my voice and stuff. So I've definitely been there before, but it's because I think when we first get started as coaching, we think that there's only one way to be a coach, um, Mm -hmm. or there's one way to be an entrepreneur, but that's not true. We don't have to, you know, be selling, do hard selling 24 seven, you know, or even focusing on selling at all, at all times, because typically like if you bring in content, like if you bring bring in good content and you bring in your personality and stuff, then people will just be drawn to you. Um, But I used to have, I used to do all that DM bullshit and Mm -hmm. I just kind of stopped doing it. My coaches have been amazing. um, But I ended up like not doing, not taking any more coaching on. I'm not seeing any coaches right now because I'm kind of feeling out Mm -hmm. my own way because I feel like I have the strategy now. It's kind of like, I was comparing it before, like, you know how artists say, like, they like go to art school to learn everything. And then the moment they leave art school, they have to unlearn everything when they become an actual artist. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's kind of like that you have to learn the strategy so then you can adapt it, um, in your own way. So that's why I stopped seeing, uh, coaches, but I mean, my coaches have been incredible and everything. And they're some of my closest friends. Um, but I'm kind of at the point now in my career where I'm like, I need to just feel this out for myself. Cause I know what I'm uh-huh. doing at this point.
0: I've actually found personally that um, my most successful launches have been when I didn't have any guidance whatsoever, or like my most successful like action steps have been when I had absolutely no, nothing, nothing. Like, I mean, I've I've definitely, like you said, I've hired coaches before, love them, offer lots of credit, but then there's just like something powerful about alchemizing that experience into your own and not having somebody holding your hand every step of the way. Um, I think that that like really is the essence of what, I'm trying to get here, get at here, and like this entire podcast is like, hey, maybe yeah. sometimes you do know what you're doing, and that kind of leads me to my next question. You wrote an Instagram post about um, nit- like niching down, how you don't have to niche down, mm-hmm. um, and that's really interesting because that was for me one of the most crippling things for me at the beginning of my journey was because when I when I started business before I found the like terrible oversaturated coach world. I mean, you know, the one that I'm talking about, not everyone is like this, but just like, oh the, yeah. The most annoying ones are the ones that make the most um, ripples because they're the most annoying and are the most visible, um, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Uh, so anyway, but there was a lot of talk of the niche and how if you don't niche down, you will not make money. And that just mm-hmm. like messed with my soul so much because um, I I was going to ask you earlier and I forgot what your <laughs> astrology was because I my astrology basically i had my chart interpreted many times and th- my essence is that i am not meant to do one thing i am meant to be around and i have the energy to do what all the things that i fucking want to do just as long as i know when to pivot and not to waste too much time on one like that's definitely like my design so you talking about no niching or like you know you said no niches allowed um and then you kind of follow it up with like you don't have to niche down well kind of um, I'm interested in hearing your perspective on the niche and like would you give what advice would you give somebody who wants to start and keep saying like everybody has their thing quote unquote and I just don't have a thing quote unquote
1: no you I think with the niching down um what you need to, the only thing you need to have is like a solid mission that you can come back around to in every post. So like, you don't, you just need something that connects every post, but you can write whatever you want, as long as you bring it back to that thing and bring it back to that overall theme or whatever. Like, I mean, mine is basically my I help statement and everything. If I bring it back to just one of the elements of my, I help, I help statement, then that's fine. Um, but like, I focus on a lot of things too. I implement my art in my, um, in my business. Um, but I think, I think when it comes to, you don't have to niche down because, you know, you have, you have something that relates to all of your posts, but you can really write about whatever you want and then figure it out at the end. That's what I do. I kind of just start writing. And then as I'm writing, I'm like, oh, how can I tie this into my business? Um, But like, you don't have to do just one thing. Like a lot of people do a lot of different things. And I would probably drive myself crazy if I was just, um, if I was just writing about one thing all the time but yeah
0: yeah it feels like whenever I whenever I've kept the advice that like I actually had a coach once who said like your your my my social media presence was like a little too all over the place um and that I should like keep it to like one thing consistently um definitely just like her own filters on like what worked for her for sure um because but I felt like that limited me like it just felt like all these doors were closing like when you wake up in the morning and you're so excited and you're like it would be so exciting to film a reel about this or make a video about this or talk about this or what have you. Like, it just feels so in alignment with my mission. Um, even if you're not super cool, clear on what your mission is, like Rachel talked about the, you, sorry, I'm talking about you in third person. You <laughs> t- talked about the I help statement, which is, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, Rachel's I help statement is I help witchy girls, gays, and days reclaim their inner crazy bitch in their content and enjoy working. Like most people have that, like, I help blankety, 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 blank. Um But I think like any, any niche that you might find closes doors is closing doors for you. And it's not, then it's not your niche. And then I actually had another coach who said something that made a little bit more sense where she said like on your social media, you should always have five. You should always say, have, sorry, you should always be expressing five different components of your personality. Like, you know, your cat, your hobbies, your whatever, like, um, so I feel like for you you do that very well because you talk about your like uh your art school your love of film and I don't want to butcher this at all but you talk about like your witchiness your (laughs) disdain for the patriarchy and your desire to help people on Instagram like that feels like five very very solid things that are part of your brand that make you stand out um so my next question is what is the beef with Gary Vee like Please just go ahead.
1: Oh my and god! Please, <laughs> <I, laughs> you know, so I don't. I actually think he's one of the more wholesome of the male marketers I've seen, but it is so easy to make fun of him that I had to <laughs> pick him as a target because he's okay, so fucking easy wrong. to make fun of. Like, and he's just kind of—he's just kind of a poster guy of the whole grow marketing hustle culture, but I don't, I don't think he's a bad person. I don't at all. I think he has really good intentions. I think he has a good heart, but I just really like making fun of him. And I feel like if he, if he saw my bio, which he never will, he would think it's funny. You know what I mean? Like, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think the thing with Gary V is that he has such a big personality and he's so, loud and in your face and stuff and so am I but I I preach something completely different and also Mm -hmm. I realized as I was going on and I realized this through my friend Rachel as well like Gary V is allowed to be and this is where my crazy bitch stuff comes from Gary V is allowed to be big and obnoxious and loud and you know just all over the place whereas if I do that or if Rachel does that, or if any, any woman in business does that we're labeled as a crazy bitch, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's another reason why I, I take on that title because I feel like, um, Gary Vee's allowed to do a lot more with his business than mm-hmm. most women are with their business. Um, okay. because otherwise we'll be labeled crazy or whatever. And also like, I don't want to be a boss babe. Like I, I don't want to be a boss okay, babe. Yeah. I don't want to fit the boss babe model. I want to be an entrepreneur, like, I don't, I don't, like, I, I'm all about the, um, you know, like, the women in business movement, and all of that, and I use those tags, and everything, but I just want to be an entrepreneur, like, period, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to be seen as, like, a different kind of entrepreneur, like, a like, you know, like, I don't think all women need to fit in to the boss babe model, um, mm-hmm. and that's another big thing about yeah. that, but yeah, I have no actual, hatred towards Gary Vee I just I just really like to make fun of him and uh he, talking about Gary Vee, talking about Gary Vee is a lot less depressing than talking about fucking like Rob Moore or any of those other stupid misogynistic entrepreneurs or whatever <laughs> I've talked about like I it's it's I I'd rather pick Gary Vee than any of them
0: okay yeah I I actually I have like so much to say to that I actually agree but to to preface for anybody who doesn't know who Gary Vee is which I feel like a lot of you do and a lot of you don't. I'm kind of split here. on am like, what, what's the deal? Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, he is like a huge investor, a huge CEO, and his Instagram at Gary V, V-E-E. Um, he produces a lot of very interactive content. And I think one of the things that he's very famous for is recommending that new creators, um, like new entrepreneurs, like don't, don't stop until they've achieved their dreams. Like go, 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 don't stop. Um, I think he's recommended like produce twenty pieces of content a day, like a hundred pieces of content a day. Sometimes, okay, yeah, and he definitely does that. Like, he definitely is very high energy. Um, well, the thing I is, have... he has
1: a team to do it. He has a team mm-hmm. to repurpose his content. Like the mm-hmm. random sixteen year old who sells baseball cards isn't going to have time to yeah. sell like,
0: <laughs> of content. But yeah, yeah, or like the 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 person who's just like trying to build this business but also has a nine-to-five and also has like a dog and husband and like hobbies and um i i mean personally gary v is like definitely one of my favorite people to follow but you have to take his advice with a grain of salt because a lot of the things he says is either he either does it for his brand or he does it for video or like whatever but he will answer these like massive questions like should i quit my job or what like what if i'm afraid of failing like these huge questions and he'll answer them so quickly like i actually saw a video of him this is like three years ago and i actually think he's pivoted a little bit and i'm not gonna spend this entire podcast talking about gary v because he's not that <laughs> important but like just to give more context of like where i feel like Rachel's coming from um gary v Uh, he said, he told somebody, like, I saw a video, someone asked him, like, on stage, like, hey, Gary V, like, I have this business, and I have this job, my job pays the bills, but I really love this business, like, what should I do, and you could tell that he, like, didn't have a lot of time to answer it, because he was, like, on stage, and he was, like, quit your job, like, just do it, and you know what I mean, and I was, like, damn, like, you don't even know this guy, but that's also because, like, I was more in the realm of like women taking three hours to talk about our feelings kind of world. You know what I'm saying? Like women, right. kind of, I mean, stereotypically. Um, and I think that's like where you're going, where you're like kind of coming from is like, we can jump around on stage and be crazy and make funny videos. Cause you do all of those things for sure. Hmm. Um, and my energy definitely resonates with like yours slash Gary V's. Like I do, I do have the energy to, well sometimes of the month and year for sure more than others but I definitely resonate with like having that energy to jump around. And I have resonated less with the people who tell me to like rest and contemplate and think about it and mull it over for longer than like a day. Like, I think I usually, I don't know, like I process things very quickly. Um, That's all the Sagittarius in my chart. Like I don't need too long to process. Like I really would rather just like go, go, go. Um, And I also resonate with, I think that's like where you're saying with that. And, one thing i'll say about the boss babe culture is that you like boss culture gave me adrenal failure like i lost my hair for most of you you know in 2018 i lost my hair because of that that culture that just like lack of alignment so i think that you just being like that model and that that like role model that 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 personality that talks about like embodies the energy of gary v i mean not that you like you're, you are your own person. But like that is a very um, comparable energy stuff because I do feel like you do have a lot of energy. You do put out a lot of content. Um, you are high energy. You are high high value. Like you give lots of value. Um, but you also like criticize <laughs> Gary Gary V and like that modality by saying like also rest please. Also like you know think about what you're doing and come from a place of alignment instead of like just taking what some thought leader says and, and making it the Bible?
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think the way that people, maybe I'm just very, like, in, I, I, I notice cult behavior a lot because I was kind of <laughs> in one, but, yeah. um, I, I feel like, I, I feel like when people, when anybody just blindly believes a leader like that, no matter what, like, that's indicative of some culty type shit going on, and I don't fuck with that, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think you should blindly, even if they're like a huge, you know, they have millions of followers and they're a celebrity entrepreneur, you shouldn't just believe what they say based on, you know, the two seconds that you talk to them or whatever. As they, the thing about coaches in general is like coaches will teach you what worked for them, but it may not necessarily be what worked for you. So the right kind of coach that you need to find is someone that will like, tailor it to you and kind of focus on your strengths and help you. Oh, it's 444. Um, (laughs) It'll uh, kind of, like, focusing on your strengths rather than being like, well, this is what worked for me, so I'm going to throw this at you. Because it doesn't always work like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm sure cold messaging works for some people. It doesn't work for me, but, like, you you know, I feel like even, but even if they're, like, a huge celebrity entrepreneur, they're not going to immediately know what's best for you. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also consider that like everybody who started, started at a different time than you. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for advice on like how to start your business or how to quit your job and chase your dreams or, or take this new risk, like pitching yourself as a new risk or um, creating a new type of content. Like I, I know when reels came out, a lot of people were very afraid of them um, because they were worried that like, I don't know, like they would lose their followers or they wouldn't be funny or they wouldn't be cool or whatever. Um, if I could only do reels, I would (laughs) personally. (laughs) Um, but, um, I know like that was a thing. And so like, that's a, that's a, a risk that people take. Um, and so when you take a new risk, like the, the, the coaches that you hire might not have the same challenges that you that you that sorry okay the coaches that you might hire might not have the same challenges that you are facing so for example a lot of the the ogs that were around for like the last 10 years like 10 plus year entrepreneur coaches and stuff like they dealt with a lot less saturation or people i actually um there's just one woman who i followed who i was following and i realized that like she had a career in hollywood before she became a coach and so like she had a completely different set of challenges than I do. And so for me to kind of just give myself that credit and realize like, Oh wait, it's not that I have less followers than her because I suck, but it's because she literally had a career in Hollywood to like bounce off her coaching practice. Right. Uh, so yeah. Um, what, adv- what would you like, what, what advice would you give somebody or how would you like get somebody started on knowing whether or not they were like getting into cult behavior and uh, like, like, jumping into something just to kind of, like, be saved, I guess, like, I guess, I guess that's kind of, like, what cults make me think of, is, like, save me. Yeah. From my own thing. So, like, how, how would you direct a well-meaning person into taking a new risk without being a lemming?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, think for yourself, get a lot of different perspectives on things. If you're surrounded by people who are all saying the same thing and kind of all in the same group and they believe one set of things, then that's kind of a warning sign, I think. Um, And, you know, like being, like for me, it was like, I was surrounded by a lot of black and white thinking. I was surrounded by a lot of like, um, you know, you're either, you're either in or you're the enemy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And when you start to recognize that, you kind of just have to be open to recognizing that, you know, there are more perspectives out there and that they're all valid unless they're being harmful. But um but yeah so that's that's my thing. I mean I, I I'm very happy to be out of that situation, but it was it, it was a long time of just being like, oh okay this isn't normal. And it's kind of the same with like the followings that a lot of celebrity entrepreneurs have. Um because some people like I Tony Robbins just screams cult later to me. Like I don't know anything <laughs> about him. I don't know Sorry. anything about this guy and I don't want to know anything about this guy, but every time I see his shit, I'm like, he's a cult leader. Like, it's very, and you're a cult leader. Like, you can't yeah. convince me otherwise.
0: Yeah, I, um, I've actually had a little bit of experience with, uh, with, with cult mentality. And one thing that I will add to that is like how, if, if and when a cult leader should fall, which I don't think is super common or at least not publicly, like, should they become canceled Notice how quickly their following is to jump ship to somebody else. I don't know if that's something you've experienced seeing, but I've actually seen it before with like, I didn't, I I didn't know what I was looking at for like two years or, but then I realized like, so one cult leader, we shall say, became canceled for whatever reason. um, And then their following jumped ship to the person who had canceled them, who had revealed their, their behind the scenes behavior or whatever and Are we talking about
1: james charles
0: no no but we can <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> what are you talking about i basically pretty much i i can't say who i'm talking about because i i i probably will get sued if i mention their name um oh. but uh but i have seen that before that like but okay tell me about james charles because now i want to know oh yeah like two years ago there was that thing
1: with james charles where like what's her face exposed him and then it was like a big back and forth. I didn't know anything about any of these people but I watched all the videos because I was uh-huh. just like I needed a taste of drama in my life apparently. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um But yeah that's that was the same thing. She cancels him and then everyone jumped ship to her but the whole thing was to sell her fucking product anyway so whatever that was just a huge that was a huge scam I think. But yeah, yeah. um yeah that happens sometimes when somebody when When somebody falls, then it's like, okay, they just some people are just naturally like that. they just have to follow somebody. um I'm not that type of person, and that's why my little cult ousted me <laughs> yeah but, uh but yeah, so it's like a lot of you wanna kinda like if if you're surrounded by people that are all saying the same thing and they all follow they all kind of only talk to each other and they only follow one person, and that's usually. a pretty big warning sign mm-hmm. but yeah I, I see it a lot in the industry of people just blindly following these celebrity entrepreneurs Gary V has it I think Gary Vee's a cult leader I don't think he intends to be but people listen to his word like it's the word of God and you know and they mm-hmm. like when you see people talk like it like for some reason every time I see those videos of Gary Vee like talking to someone and giving advice i just think of like those really loud churches where like the priest like puts his hand on your head and like carries you that's kind of like what i think of when i see gary b
0: giving advice to people yeah no that's really funny because i actually have this i I love him i love those videos um and i've actually like but but that's because i feel like i have taken the years to develop this like this like taking absolutely everything with a grain of salt um I actually even find that like the people who take everything with a grain of salt or who are their own muse, if you will, like you don't need Gary Gary B to be your muse, right? Like you, you, right. you have this sense of discernment. It's almost like you're on a completely different vibration. I actually kind of just thought about this recently where I had like an experience where um, I was in my little yoga cult that I was in a few years ago. Um, and, oh my God. <laughs> and it was in my little yoga cult. And I think I had said something like, hey, so just keep in mind that like, they're making money off of this or whatever. Like I said something and I was not invited back the next time I was not welcome around there. Um, And there was, but they were making money off of it, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think people were, I think people were talking about how um, they needed to go to this training because it was like, like life or death. And like, they felt it, it was like the words that they were using to describe this, like yoga teacher training was like, as if they were, it was like their duty and they were being, they were, they were guilty if they did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Absolutely. I I absolutely have to follow Gary V's advice or he'll think I'm a bad person or like, yeah, personally knows you. (laughs) Um, I,
1: I signed up for a coaching program with a pretty big entrepreneur and the whole, like I, I joined this program and then like, I go to her Facebook group and there's like thousands and thousands of people in the Facebook group and like the first thing she says in her first live is I'm not a cult leader please don't see me as a cult leader and then like we'll post all of these like subliminal audios and shit and I'm like and oh then God. just like seeing the way people talk to each other in the group and they're like oh no you just need to you just need to manifest everything you can manifest it like somebody has like something really shitty happening it's like oh just man just manifest something and it'll be better oh like God. there was one person who was in an abusive situation um, and had stuff written all over her house and shit like that and people were just like I'm manifesting for you and it's like okay and I was just like okay you need to do this this and this because this is not acceptable behavior Mm -hmm. and you know and I I just feel like when when people were following this person it was like like they just thought that like I'm a big proponent of manifestation 100% mm-hmm. but I th- I don't think everything can be solved by manifestation you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I, I feel and I feel like the way that this person was guiding people was a little bit um from like a rich white lady perspective
0: absolutely absolutely and I think saying just manifest it is very much a blanket like what does that e- like what I mean you and I know what that means but like what does that even mean to, to throw know. that word at somebody um I just imagine like it's telling somebody like just manifest it I imagine somebody just like uh maybe like setting a reminder on their phone or writing something down and then like thinking positive thoughts for like three minutes and then getting really upset like cosmically offended when it doesn't show up for them what yeah manifestation is like a head to toe mind body soul multi-dimensional practice right it's a a lifelong practice it's not it's not like a like a uh us like even in in witchcraft i was gonna say it's not a spell you can cast even in witchcraft like i think any any witch would can say like you can't just like sit down and like throw some leaves at some shit and throw say some words and put a crystal down and it'll work like it's a it's a philosophy like it's a whole practice and what does it mean to have unwavering faith what does it mean to have certainty what does it mean to have I don't know that's something that also really really bothers me is like the misconception around manifestation um yeah and really embodying what manifestation means I think is like the core of what it means to be your own muse is no, like you did that yourself. You, I mean, it is a co-creative process for sure, but like you did that. Like no, nobody yeah. else, like no one else handed it to you. You didn't like, you know, cry about it. You didn't um, like, you didn't, you didn't like demand that somebody else go and get it for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and a lot can of can show up that way, but
1: yeah. And a lot of manifestation practices, they come from Hinduism and they come from indigenous cultures and stuff and I feel like it's been really drowned out by this like almost like commercialism of manifestation Mm -hmm. and the materialism that comes with it it's like oh let's just manifest having you know a shit ton of money and expensive cars and I'm like there's other I was so drowned by that that Mm I for a while could not understand success from a Mm non-monetary perspective I could not I, 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 just, I thought success was money because I was so bogged down by this manifestation stuff where it's like, oh, it's just about money. Cause it's not, you can manifest, you know, manifest like fucking good mental health and all, and all, oh, yeah. and like a lot of good stuff and manifestation. It's even if you don't believe in like the woo side of it, it's retraining your mind to see certain opportunities in a different way and to you know, trust yourself more, that's what manifestation is, even if you don't believe in the whole universe and multi-dimensional shit, like, even if you don't, it's still explainable, um, but fully embodying the person that you want to be right now, that's, that's basically all it is, but it doesn't have to be about money, I feel like everything with manifestation, and I was guilty of this too, everything with manifestation is about money and materialism now, which is weird.
0: Yeah, I resonate with that for sure. And I think it kind of goes back to like cult-like behavior (laughs) and uh, like coaches. Because I remember all of the coaches who talked about money, uh, like money manifestation or like money reprogramming, which is something that I resonate with because I, when I came into the coaching world, I knew that I had... Um, some trauma around, like, past life, like, my parents, and and I believe in my past life, and I believe, like, my parents, how they were both raised, my parents are both very poor, and they both had lots of siblings, and I talked all about this, if anybody's interested in hearing more, I talked all about this in my episode about um, luxury and poverty trauma, but, like, I knew that I needed to let some stuff go when it came to poverty trauma, like, fear of not having enough, fear of running out of money, um, fear of, like, investing you know they say spend money to make money but like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> right uh, and i knew that i needed to do some work on that but like every money coach was like cars and like houses and like that fucked with me royally like that really messed with me so much um but just like the branding and now i can say now that i don't think that those are necessarily wrong because i have removed the trigger that seeing an expensive car has given me like you know you see an expensive car Um, I actually went to private school. So for the longest, because long story, but for a portion of my life, I went to private school, but we were like not rich at all. We, the, the U S government because my dad's in the military paid for our tuition to go to private school, but Mm. our classmates all had really expensive shiny shit all the time. So for the longest time for me and my sister, seeing an expensive luxury item was a trigger, like instantly ruin our day. Like seeing somebody drive by in a nice car, seeing somebody with like a nice back, that was a trigger. And now I'm at a place where it is just so fucking neutral. Like I don't even care. Like good for you, dude. Um, but I know my sister sometimes like can't go to certain parts of town for that reason because she just gets so triggered. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is like <laughs> just so so on brand and so important. If like that's something that I really just want people to know. If you take nothing away from this entire episode, just know that like you don't have to understand the the metaphysical. The quantum leaps i'm actually currently in um katherine's and kina's manifestation babe academy like her new revamped one Mm -hmm. uh it's really good (laughs) i took her first i took her first one a few years ago and i actually was totally honestly i was not impressed for reasons that we have just mentioned um but she revamped it and it's really really good if anybody can i normally don't gush about other people's programs on here but (laughs) If anybody can like look into it, if they want to do it, like I recommend that you do it, but it's really, really good because she reiterates, like, you don't need to understand the metaphysical, you don't need to understand the quantum mechanics. You don't need to understand the spirituality, um, in order to manifest something. Like you just said, you're retraining your brain to see certain opportunities. Um, and you are re like rewriting your triggers to like understand what it is that you actually want. So, yeah
1: for I think sure, you, and I, I think
0: can, you put that beautifully.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, and I can say as someone who lives in an apartment and doesn't drive, like, money and houses are not what, or, or houses mm-hmm. and cars are not, like, the only markers of having, of, of having money to begin with. They're not, um, but yeah, I think I, I, I agree with the whole luxury thing. I don't understand. I feel like even if I'm a millionaire, I won't be, I, I'll still be thrift shopping, because,
0: mm-hmm. like, it's,
1: I'm not really into the whole luxury thing. I don't really get it. Like, I feel like luxury stuff, like, it's so plain and boring. Like, they just yeah. have, like, the logo on them and that's it. But, um, I, I don't yeah. know. I feel like they're just, I feel like that that kind of stuff exists
0: at a symbol and I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that because you talk about the same things that, like, you talk about all the proponents that you would need to understand in order to... Manifest the reality that you want, but it, it, but the key word here is like, what does your reality look like? Because the issue with the status symbols and the luxury items being in the mainstream, especially of the coaching industry, um, is that how many people are going into debt? Because oh my god, I actually saw fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay, <laughs> I saw a TikTok comment thread the other day. God bless my soul. I saw a TikTok comment thread the other day where um, because the TikToker was like, guys, if you want to manifest money, just act like you're rich. And all these, like, 12-year-olds in the comments were, like, BRB, getting a credit card, like, um, I already spent my paycheck. Like, nice. Oh, my God. And it was so... Because the thing about spending money that you don't have to buy something that you don't actually want is that it increases resistance. It, like, whew, that's a topic for a whole other day, but, like, that's something that I have learned from first-hand experience. I think, in total, I've racked up $30,000 of debt total in my life, not just on, like, dumb bullshit. Some of it was was good bullshit, but... um (laughs) but um yeah so fortunately i'm only a thousand dollars away off of paying that off but good for me (laughs) and anyway i just i just love 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 the perspective that you are coming from this with and um i'm curious what practical guidance would you have for somebody who is curious about manifestation or you know making a life of their own alignment like because that's something that you very much do and you teach um you know reclaiming your inner crazy bitch in your content and enjoying working Mm -hmm. i think that's like kind of doing whatever you want and there's somebody out there who feels like okay i want to manifest the reality of my wildest dreams whatever i want to um i want to create my life by my own design i want to show up, but i want to quote unquote not care like i want to be of service, but I also know that there are some crazy bitches out there, like crazy cult bitches more specifically. Um, (laughs) and, And something out there just doesn't feel right to me and that's holding me back. What would you say to that person who wants to express, but is also afraid of like what is with full awareness of what's out there?
1: I think just fully, I, I know it's easier said than done, but just fully embodying who you want to be instead of what you think other people should be and just stop giving a fuck. Like it took me years to stop giving a fuck, but mm-hmm. I, I think just realizing like, if you create your content and if you create work that you enjoy, then you'll just draw in people that also enjoy those things. Like it's, it's basic. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's not even just from a business perspective. It's also from a manifestation perspective, you know, you're you're making the content for your dream client and that's to bring the dream client in. So that's like kind of practical manifestation is just by, you know, if you are yourself and if you show that in your content, you will draw in people like that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, Um, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Say that again. Oh no. I was just
1: going to say, you know, just play to your strengths and stuff like mm that. Oh, sorry. Um, I would say just like play to your strengths. Like for me, it's like, I've always been an actor and a writer. So I just play to those strengths and a comedian as well. So that's, that's what I do.
0: It sounds like lean into what makes you, you versus worrying about what doesn't make you, you, (laughs) you know, like what you're lacking, which is, I I think, like I've said before, one of my biggest life lessons is like, what makes me tick versus like, what do I not have? Yeah, Um, exactly. And that's a huge life lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, okay, so I have, I have a little bit of a question for you. <laughs> what okay. does, what does, um, what does Be Your Own Muse mean to you, in your words, based off of everything that you share?
1: Um, I, again, I feel like it's um, play to your strengths, and hold on, my husband has, my husband <laughs> is making coffee or something. Um, <laughs> Trust me, I know what it's like, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say just, Play to your strengths and you know you can write literally about your life you can write about the things that you are passionate about and just kind of let like any weird crazy idea that you have just fucking do it just experiment with it and see how it works that's why I'm doing my fucking Willy Wonka show tomorrow I'm just experimenting with this because yeah, I'm like can you like, talk a little bit more about that I, I oh mean, my just- god yeah so my thing was Well, first of all, I've made a lot of content about Willy Wonka because it's one of my favorite movies. Um, (laughs) Because, and the reason why I've been able to make content is because it's a story about marketing. Um, It's straight up a story about marketing. Mm. And the the whole reason why that movie came to be is also marketing because they made this whole movie as an advertisement for actual Wonka bars that were coming out. But then those Wonka bars were like terrible and formula and melted everywhere, but then the movie lasted. So like the movie itself is a creative form of marketing. So I love that. And then I decided to do this little thing because I realized like, okay, most people, they do like those webinars where like, you know, the first 20 minutes is them talking to themselves and they have like 10 (laughs) minutes of good content and then like half an hour of pitching. And I was like, okay, what if I do, what if I just did a a webinar to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and also did like a little show with it as well? Like there's going to be burlesque in it. There's going to be drinking (laughs) games. It's going to be the weirdest webinar you've ever seen. And I'm just experimenting. I'm just going to see if it works. And I'm not really pitching anything specific either. I'm just kind of doing it. Um, but yeah, so that's that was kind of my thought process. I was like, okay, how can we take the webinar and just like make it for one thing, better content um, and more useful and also just like not boring because I've been to so many fucking webinars, man. Same, like same. They're, uh, when I first started out, I thought webinars were like actually gonna be helpful but they aren't. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> So I was like, how can I, so this one, and it's like, I'm doing it on Instagram live. So it's like no email opt-in. I'm not looking for people to pay me. Just kind of doing a show also because I'm a
0: theater person and I've been deprived of performing for a long time now. (laughs) Right, Um, no, that's that's so good um yeah yeah so if, if you if you are not familiar anybody listening with um the webinar fiasco i know that they were i don't know if they're still huge but they were huge when i started my business in 2018 and yes, they, they yeah are. like you said they either were or were not helpful um but i would sign up for so many because the title would be like how to build a landing page that like un un like failingly converts everybody and you can make twenty thousand dollars in one launch and I'd be like, well, you know, shit, I would, I would like that information. So I'm just gonna have to like, wait through some bullshit to get to it. And then it was like a pitch for their program. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I can say now from experience and having spoken to other people, like those programs aren't all that they are always chalked up to be. And you know, they're not with like the scarcity FOMO marketing, like they typically are just like capitalizing off of a fear that you have of like missing out or like, maybe this is the one and like, I've gotten all the the drip sequences from people like that. And so one thing that I will tell the dear listener about what you're doing so well, what you're doing right with this um, Willy Wonka performance (laughs) is like building, it's like, it's fun for you. And that's contagious, period. Like, it's just, it's a contagious energy. Even if somebody isn't actually specifically watching it, like something in your vibration shifts. Um, And I say this to anybody who's like, that sounds like something I want to do, but I could never because I wasn't a theater major. And I mean, personally, I did theater in high school, but I never went on to major in it. So I've told myself a million times like, well, I wasn't good enough for college theater. So I must have, stopped. you know what I'm saying? Like, I've just no, no, I've no. Told no. Myself, Honestly, yeah.
1: College theater, aside from the actual hands on doing shows, college theater was a waste of time. I shouldn't have gone to college for theater. I should have just gone. I don't regret it because I learned a lot but it's way better when you're in the arts to not go to college and instead just go and get the hands-on experience. That's, I didn't take a single class of writing. I didn't take a single class of filmmaking. I didn't take a single business class or marketing class. I didn't do any of that. Learning hands-on is what works best. And it's like, I've never done theater professionally really. Um, But that's what I studied in college. And I realized later on, I was like, Oh, I didn't actually need that. I don't have any student debt because my dad died, but like, um, but like, it's, I I didn't need it that much. And it's like, it's not worth, you know, having to do all those fucking GED classes and not GED. um, (laughs) Like gen ed, gen ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen ed classes. Um, I literally would sleep through most of my classes in college that weren't theater related. I wrote plays in my class and like, I would write short plays in my math class and shit. So like, that is that hands-on experience is what matters it's not about like i don't think college determines a person's worth at all i think mm-hmm. college is a fucking scam to begin with unless you're like a lawyer or a doctor but the amount of money that goes into college for very little return is a scam i think
0: yeah i mean and i'll, I'll mention that i actually i went to college for psychology um and i really wanted to go for theater because that was like the thing because i was a, i was one of those theater kids in high school um and I found that that was the thing that lit me up and I found that like maybe I could I could make a career of if I just gave myself more time um Mm -hmm. but because like I was not I I didn't peak in high school and so like I just kind of thought that like maybe if I gave myself more time then I'll peak later (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I I did let it and I actually went to um got accepted to the university that has one of the best theater programs in the country I didn't I was uh BC, virginia commonwealth university for anyone who's familiar they're like really known for their theater program but i didn't go to their theater program i went for psychology and i slept through my classes as well and like i um was watching like netflix during classes sometimes just like admiring the acting and stuff like that oh i would I do... get high before classes also i was always <laughs> high in
1: my classes
0: i mean because like there's something inside of you that just like knows like this is this ain't it homie and yeah. you're obviously not napping through this or not, you know, you're not dicking around right now. Like you're work, like you're, I mean, in a way like you're working and you teach others yeah. like how to actually enjoy it. And I think that's super, super, super cool. So back to what I feel like you're doing right about the Willy Wonka thing is like, you're not basing your, your performance or your you're offering off of like scarcity of like I need to capture, well, you like, there's a theater aspect of like capturing people's attention and whimsy and like surprising and delighting them with, surprises around every corner um but <laughs> um but not in this like scarcity kind of way of like um of like i i need to like the fucking countdown timers and the fucking like three days left and like what i mean there's nothing wrong with like having boundaries of enrollment because i i find that i'm i'm starting to implement those again like you can't email me a year from now asking me if that course is still for sale like no <laughs> um, yeah but anyhow i i think that there's like making it fun i think is very um i I think that that's contributing positively to the to the industry for sure and to how, yeah, drab- and to how stuffy Instagram can be too like like just sometimes sometimes man sometimes <laughs> yeah I, um, I feel like Instagram was
1: made for artists, honestly, it's such an accessible platform for artists, I feel like because you have all the elements there you can write blogs, you can take photos, you can draw you can do Instagram lives and perform like there's so many options with Instagram and it's such a great medium for things which is why I like Instagram I just feel like there's a lot of freedom there and a lot of ways to connect with people in different ways and kind of experiment like I've, ju- I've just been going on Instagram live lately and just experimenting with material and like you know reading out loud of from like my writing and stuff like that so like that's kind of where I'm at with Instagram. And that's why I really like the platform. I was kind of getting disenchanted by it after a while. But then I kind of, mm-hmm. once I started doing what I loved doing, which was just making funny content, like I just made a sketch today. Like I haven't made a sketch in forever. Um, mm-hmm. But it'll, it'll be out by the time that you post this, obviously. But I, I did a sketch basically about those, like, as seen on TV or like the as seen on like Fox and CBS that people just, you know, pay money for and then put as their. Um, like, on their website and shit as the banner, but <laughs> I just did a whole thing about that, and it's really fucking funny, but um, but the Willy Wonka thing will be, it'll be on IGTV, so there's no scarcity, there's no, like, oh, you're gonna miss it, I'm putting it on IGTV, there's no email opt-in, you can tip me if you want, I have my tip jar on my Ko-Fi, so if you want to tip me, I am taking my clothes off for free, so I would appreciate <laughs> it, um, yeah. you know, I I I don't strip for free anymore. So yeah, um, <laughs> but but yeah, like I I I feel like yeah, I just want to shake up the industry a little bit and just kind of try different things and just experimenting with different things. I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I don't know if it's gonna be cringy or not. Like we'll we'll fucking see
0: um I saw this one meme actually that really I think maybe you will like but it was like this meme but it it really just opened up a portal in my soul it said I am cringe but I am free and I just that's that's what I needed to hear
1: (laughs) two years ago because when I was you know when I was in the culty environment that I was in I was ruthlessly bullied for a long time I didn't get bullied Mm. in high school I got bullied in my early 20s um, but I was like ruthlessly bullied, Who the and it's fuck like bullies. A, oh my
0: god! I'm sorry. Who I don't the fuck know. People, like and, they were,
1: <laughs> and they were like in their 30s too, so I was like, okay, whatever. But they would like every single time I posted a piece of content on the internet, they would immediately go dislike it and like just ups, almost obsessively. Like I used to make YouTube videos, and they would just make fun of me for my YouTube videos constantly. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was just like. But then I realized I was like, okay no matter what I do, I'm gonna be made fun of. So I might as well do what I want and uh, not worry about it because like, even if I didn't make YouTube videos, I would find something to complain about. And so at at this point, I'm just like, you know, I have them all blocked. So like, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully I won't have to deal with anything during the show. But even if they did, it was just like, you know, I, they're gonna make fun of me either way. So I might as well do things that I love to do because not everybody claims that freedom.
0: Yeah. Not everybody claims that freedom. I I love that. And I I love that it kind of just speaks to like the power of like how you show up as yourself anyway. Um, And I feel like I could go on forever and ever about like all the specific types of content you make and like how they are so transformative, but I'm going to, I respect your time and I respect the listeners time, but I I really recommend everybody listening to this, go follow. um, I'll link it in the show notes, but at Rachel Quint coaching and just like get, take a little gander at like just the variety of content that Rachel posts and like how it, it definitely shakes it up, and I mean, if you tell me that you can find somebody who does this exact same thing, uh, in the same way that Rachel does, like, I'll give you a dollar, like, because and introduce them to me, actually, I need more friends. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love, I mean, I love also the, um, the what are they like the the monologues you do of like um uh, men's dating profiles <laughs> oh my god yeah
1: I just like whenever I find like a post by like or a dating profile of a male entrepreneur I'm just like this is gold this is content um if and it just let it
0: this can't. go without out not performed in a campy way
1: <laughs> yeah it was like it was the first thing that I saw that I was like oh I could make this into theater so that's, that's what I use those for is like, oh, I'm just going to read this as an audition monologue, but I've read like dating profiles. I've read MLM posts. I've read <laughs> like all sorts of weird, weird, random stuff by male entrepreneurs. Cause they're fucked. And that's the thing. Like you were talking about scarcity and stuff and FOMO in content, like when it comes to launching and like, that's the thing that I criticize most in the coaching industry. Cause it especially comes from men talking down <laughs> to women is like yeah. when, um when when they kind of operate from a place of like oh you're going to miss out oh you're you're lazy you're you you're going to be poor if you don't do this in 3 days yeah. or whatever and it's just like i feel like marketing should come from a place of empowering people rather than talking down to them and making them mm-hmm. feel bad and guilty for not buying your stuff and i see it happen a lot with male marketers mm-hmm. towards women entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. But women entrepreneurs do it as well. Um, but that's like the type of marketing that I hate. I don't think you should operate from a place of like, oh, you're going to miss out. Oh, you're, you're dumb if you don't do this. Oh, look how poor you are. Ha ha. Like, mm-hmm. it's it, like, I, I, I don't think marketing should come from that. I think marketing should come, should be aspirational. Um like my, my friend is a life coach. Her name is Cece and she operates a lot from like aspirational content is what she calls it. She, her ad is coached by Cece, by the way. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's, she's an absolute light. I don't know if you follow her, but she is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, uh, aspirational is what you want to lead, lean towards rather than like scarcity FOMO, you know? I mean, FOMO is to an extent makes sense because, you know, you can only expand your energy to a certain amount of people. Like I don't usually take on more than five private clients at a time. So it's like, I can only take on a certain amount. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, like maybe I'll have FOMO because of that, but I'm not going to actively anymore. At least I'm not going to actively be like, Oh, I only have a few spots, blah, 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 because I did that. And it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't feel aligned for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's not the type of coaching that works for me, Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah. Something that I will say also in, in like in like to vouch for any time that you or you know any entrepreneur who's listening might feel like like they really want to create copy or content that's like no but really you should sign up for that like but really like you should be in this program um is not out of a place of scarcity like please for the love of god I, i need to pay my bills oh yeah which i mean like i i've been there and no shade to anybody who's been there but if you flip the script on like hey i'm your coach starting now since you've signed up since you fucking followed me on instagram i am now your coach um mm-hmm. and i am going to vouch for this thing that you want because i can't tell you how many times people have like slid into my dm saying that they want to hire me or they want to like purchase this cor- course or whatever and then they back out and they t- you can see them talking themselves out of it Um yeah. and you you just like want to be this lighthouse like hey i'm here for you if you don't or you do whatever like i'm cool either way but there's also come this time like you want to vouch for that person like stick up for that for them being like no but you you want this and I can remember many times where I've like invested in something and been like I'm so terrified that this is going to go wrong and there's going to be this hole hole in my wallet and I invested for like you know and it didn't get like it didn't I didn't get anything from this quote unquote like I've I've kind of lived in that fear but then Mm -hmm ask yourself, like, what is the ideal reality that you'll get from this? And isn't that what your coach is working for? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sorry, I'm interrupting. No, it's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I just like, I think of things and then I forget. So I always am like, hey, what's up? But, um, (laughs) I think if it comes from a place of empowering, like you want to, your marketing from a sense of like, Hey, I want to empower you. And I feel like this can really genuinely help you. I feel like that's, that's different than being, than like just pressuring people because of FOMO. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about um, like, okay. So currently right now it is, what day is it? It is the 7th, the 9th, the March 9th. And when is your Willy Wonka performance? Cause I think this might tomorrow, be tomorrow. What time?
1: Um, Tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern.
0: Okay, and the replay will be available,
1: correct? The replay will be available. I'm keeping it up as long as like a nip slip doesn't happen, which I doubt will happen. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, even if it does, what are they going to do? Ban my account, but whatever. What are they actually going to do? But yeah, the replay will be up. So whenever this comes out, you'll still be able to watch it. Um, I want it to be accessible. It's just going to be fun. Um, you can okay. come in and out of it like it, it'll be
0: it'll be chill cool uh, just because I, I think this, this this um this episode will be up depending on the platform and like what people listen to it on but it'll definitely mm-hmm. be up on spotify and anchor before then um so and i know how to do things now so that the audio doesn't fuck up and fail and anyway yeah. um so i will have rachel's information in the show notes on how to follow her and interact with her content because i think just like going and witnessing the the beauty, you will, you will definitely feel inspired, you'll definitely, um, some different parts of your brain will light up than maybe in your other boring Instagram content, no offense to the other boring Instagram content, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I, like, when I'm doing hashtag research or something, and I'm, like, oh my god, like, not that, not that there's anything wrong with being, like, boring, but, like, sometimes I'm, like, don't you people think that this is a little overdone, or, like, you can kind of, like, um energetically pick up on that like people are doing something because they know it's worked and they think that like it'll work for them too based off like just like shrinking themselves like that's what I mostly mean is like to shrink yourself or to minimize yourself so I definitely applaud you for do like you know shaking things up doing things differently and showing other people what's possible like you talked about like being an expander uh you definitely do that creatively and so I'm very grateful for that um thank you how how other than that how can somebody like how can somebody work with you or um find you or like what what ways do you help people in terms Um, of your your products and services
1: i have a one-on-one uh coaching thing it's like uh it's six months long it's either one call or two calls a month i keep very accessible payment plans and everything Um, so I have that where I focus on like creativity and Instagram content and kind of utilize some like mindset and manifestation stuff in there too. Um, and I also have my bad bitch army, which if you get the one-on-one coaching, you also get bad bitch army. That's called an upsell. Um, but bad bitch army is, uh, is, it's a collective of girls, gays and maids. And we meet like we meet twice a month. One, one is a, uh, uh, is a guest speaker, and one is a educational thing that I do, um and it's also like you know just a, a really empowering group of people, and everybody in that group just is so loving and such a nice little group. I'm sounding like a cult leader now, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 uh it's a fun little group, and we just kind of like exist to empower each other, and yeah, and that one I I make very cheap. It's only sixty five dollars a month, so that's really for good. um yeah for two coach for two group coaching calls, and I have some really amazing guest speakers as well, so. Um, it's, it's a really good group. And I, I started doing these things with those people where it's like, uh, uh, I call it chaotic co-working where we just get drunk and co-work and I just give them, <laughs> unhinged, I give them unhinged drunken advice. Um, so look at me, I'm turning into a cult leader too. Um, so Fun. I can't fucking, yell at, I, I shouldn't yell about Gary V anymore,
0: I guess. I guess
1: I'm retiring that because I'm well, a cult leader too.
0: <laughs> that being said though, uh, you can find Rachel at GaryVeesWorstNightmare.com. Or Rachel Quaint Coaching on Instagram. Um, lots of free content mm-hmm. as well as accessible content. Everything will be in the show notes. Um, that is all that I have for you, Rachel. Thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your expertise, uh of course. Your, and your of whimsical anecdotes and more. <laughs> of course. And um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh we will talk again soon. Yes. All
1: right, bye.